Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. If this ever got announced, I would I would encourage Craig Sankey to wear like Kevlar for like at least the first <laughs> yeah. couple days. Oh yeah. With SI's Pat Forty. One thing you lose, and we've talked about this before, is the chance for some bragging rights for some of these schools. Here's Pat and Dan. All right, welcome to the pod, and let's talk about pods. How about that, Pat? You're just my reading my you're reading my email subject line. Pods oh, for the pod. I agree. Come on. Stole that from Pods for the pods. It's schedule. Scheduling. The real breaking news talking. is Pat did some homework for the pod. How about that? Pat, Pat did a lot of homework, and I was quite pleased because that meant I did not. <laughs> I almost violated pod ethos by spending about 30 to 40 minutes on this. So dangerous Preparing. amount of effort. Yeah. Uh, this is from uh, The Athletic. Momentum is moving within the ACC to remake its football scheduling model perhaps even as early as 2023. Basically, most likely scenario is a 3-5 model, which give each school three annual opponents while cycling in five new opponents per year. Uh, so you would have a, a pod, a small division of four teams, and you would play the other three every year. And then in this case, you'd have five rotating games. Other leagues might try to have one protected rivalry, uh, which I actually think they would do in the ACC, but we'll see. And so you'd play four new teams every year, opposed to the division model where you play six different teams every single year. In some cases, could be even more as this gets as the leagues get bigger. And then you're only rotating in a couple teams. And that means teams in your non-division, the SEC West and East, but can barely uh, rarely play. Texas A&M has been in the big uh, in the SEC for a decade. They've played Georgia once, 2019. Yeah. They will play them again in 2024. Uh, this is not exactly a heated rivalry. We talked a few <laughs> weeks ago about the like Purdue Penn State, like they barely ever play. Yeah. So this would increase the thing. I think the old system was designed to create a lot of rivalries, um, but I think as as attendance becomes an issue, continues to be an issue. T- you want some variety and some some new games to to do all that. So. Uh, that seems to be uh, where this is headed in terms of scheduling, not just for the ACC, but for perhaps all the leagues uh, as we get going. A little new blood there instead of uh, 
the lengthy stuff. Like, and this would also, if we got rid of divisions, would mean I'd never would have had to learn the ACC's divisions. <laughs> so lazy me, because there's there's Clemson and then there's the other one. <laughs> Clemson and teams that will lose to Clemson in the title is, game. Is Clemson yeah. in the coastal or not in the coastal? Clemson's in the, in the Atlantic. Okay, yeah, because they're in the mountains. Yes. But it's coastal and Atlantic, which is, it's bad. yeah. Anyway, yeah. your thoughts on the pods. Yeah, the, the, the worst division names, the Atlantic Coast has the Atlantic and the coastal, and the Mountain West has the Mountain and the West. I mean, come on, how can we get at least a little bit of... <laughs> at least the leaders and the legends tried, right? Well, they tried, but they also failed. <laughs> so East-West is much better, but you East, can't do West, that in the North, ACC. South. Right. Because the North would be, it'd have to be North and South, and the North isn't any good. <laughs> yeah, there's problems. There's a lot of problems with all these leagues as they, as they have gotten bigger, and that's why we're in the situation we're in. That's why we're looking at pods. I think it makes sense for the most part uh, as you noted, you know, variety is the spice of scheduling life. You want to, you don't, the, the fans get tired of seeing the same teams other than their rivals that they really want to play. So like Florida isn't all that excited to see Kentucky or to see Vanderbilt or to see Missouri all the time. They want to see Florida, Georgia and they want to play, they want to play Tennessee. They the most of the teams that they're playing every year, like, eh. So it's like, yeah, let's see a little more of Texas A&M. Let's see some more of Alabama and Auburn may lose some more games, but, but still, uh, you're going to get a, a fresher rotation uh, and probably fuller stadiums as part of the process. You will theoretically get two better teams in your championship games if you're just basically matching the two highest-ranked teams as opposed to two division champions. One thing you lose, and we've talked about this before, is the chance for some bragging rights for some of these schools. I mean, hey, Missouri was really happy to win the, win the SEC East twice. Uh, South Carolina was really happy to win the SEC East. Arkansas has, in the past, won the SEC West. You're taking that out of the bag for some of these schools and basically telling them, sorry, you're, you're, you're probably not going to win anything. You still have a get, chance. Get to Atlanta. Get, get to, to Indianapolis, Atlanta. right? Yeah. get. Yeah. But you could win your pod. You could win your pod. And what do you get for that? Do you get the, the, the College Football Inquirer bean pot? I mean, get a little, we could do the bean pot. That's right. Yeah, we the bean could, pot could be back. Maybe we should do a bean pot for every pod for every league. If somebody well, wants to we sponsor might, that. The, wait, the most mediocre pod, whoever wins, because we're a mediocre <laughs> pod. Whoever <laughs> yes. wins. Exactly. I think there, there's something there. I mean, like they joked, they used to joke in New England Patriots when they'd win the AFC East, they'd get a hat or a T-shirt. <laughs> now they won it 17 times, like right. in a row, practically. But hey, I mean, nothing with these guys, man. You'd have these dudes, you know, making thirty million a year, and they get a they get a free T shirt. It don't matter. <laughs> the New England Goodwill is filled with those T shirts. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Hey, you hand it two thousand seven AFC East. Yeah, yeah, guy that comes and washes your cars for you when you make thirty million. Yeah, but I mean, Tom Brady gets that free T shirt. He does. He forgets about his three hundred and seventy five million dollar Fox deal. <laughs> All right, so. There's we don't know the SEC's pod situation, but, but they're going to likely go that way. Likely go that way. And so, do you match it up geographically? Like, how do you? Or do, they, actually, they were talking about permanent opponents, not necessarily pods. That's my the, plan. You you okay? So you want permanent opponents, not I, win a pod, right? I want I want three team opponents, and then you rotate every like you have a big scheduling date in June, and you give everybody. At the other six games are random 
and and you you reseed it like the NFL. Can you do that? Boy, they would flip. But you kind of got to know for campus sake when your games are going to be. So do it during bowl yeah. season. So you have home and away already set. Yeah. And then you just, so you know we're going to host games on September 27th and October. Like, because the campus, like, they can't do anything on a football Saturday. So if they're going to have a conference or some kind of actual academic thing, I know, crazy. <laughs> what kind of idea is that? You can't do that when the bah, whole campus bah, bah. is overrun. Get, yeah, I know. Get out of here. I, I agree, but, you know, I mean, these people insist. That's what August is these. for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know what they would do with that, which is your three things. The thing about the ACC is you really need everybody to be able to play the Florida schools at least somewhat regularly because that's where the the recruiting is. I know that's a big thing with, like, the Pac-12. Like, every everyone wants to get to L.A. at least once a year because that's right. Southern California talent fuels the entire operation. And if you're just stuck, like, like it would make total sense if like you just had, you know, like let's do the ACC. If you had Boston College playing Syracuse. All right. So let's look at Pat's homework here. There we go. You have your pods. I do. Okay. So ACC, you have the Tobacco Road pod and you have, uh, well, then you also have a permanent rival. So this isn't even what they're doing. You didn't do it right. But no, I did. I, I, no, I don't did. have to no, follow their rules. No, he did. Because oh, he did? that's the issue with the 14 pods is you're matched up with another pod. But what happens when you are matched up with your permanent opponent pod? So, you know, like A and B match up together, but your permanent opponent is in B. I'm already confused. All right. You got Tobacco <laughs> Road. Uh, this is the most obvious pod of all. It Carolina, is extremely obvious. NC State, Duke, and Wake Forest, the originals. Yes. You'd have Carolina playing Virginia. NC State gets Clemson. Duke gets Virginia Tech. And Wake gets Louisville. The Wake-Louisville okay. matchups just for the the bizarrely humorous bad blood between those two. That's Okay. And ACC North has Virginia, Virginia Tech, Pitt, BC, and Syracuse. And then BC would get Florida State, Miami. Uh, Syracuse would get Miami. Virginia would already be playing North Carolina. Virginia Tech would get Duke. Pitt would get Georgia Tech. Okay. So again, that kind of is tough for Virginia, but they'd rotate these games in. Uh, ACC South Clemson would get, uh, it's Clemson, Georgia Tech, Florida State, Miami, and Louisville. And Clemson would have NC State, Georgia Tech would have Pitt, Florida State, BC, Miami, Syracuse, and Louisville, Wake Forest. So there is your pod. And then you also then would have five Notre Dame games sprinkled in every year at random. Right. Yeah. Do you have any hesitation of those? Oh, yeah. I mean, look, like the ACC was, first of all, I tried to do this geographically, which uh, to me makes sense for cost containment, efficiency of travel, non-revenue sports travel, uh, and so that fans could actually go into the games fairly easily at at, uh, uh, away stadiums. I'm not sure the ACC or others leagues will have much interest in geographic sense. They already don't. I mean, West Virginia is in the same conference with Texas Tech. So, you know, they may not organize along those lines uh, and they may not care like who wins the pods. There may not be anything that really separates that. But uh, I'm just I was looking for some geographic proximity there. The problem with the ACC and you mentioned it like, okay, like. Clemson, Florida State, Miami, everybody, you know, that's the, that's a power source there, theoretically, when Florida State and Miami are playing the way they should. 
so is it really very balanced? You can, the to tobacco road pod's a nice thing in theory, but is anybody in that any good from a football standpoint? So if you're looking for competitive balance within the pods, it may not be the greatest construct, but if you're looking to rotate more opponents and have everybody play a wider variety of teams within your conference, I think it would work. It's, it's interesting. The other thing I wonder is now, if you are a player in North Carolina, say you're a good recruit, everyone in the ACC wants you, and you live in wherever, Greensboro, and the ACC Tobacco Road Pod is like, look, man, you're going to play every year. You're going to play, if you go to one of these schools, you're going to play like nine games in the state. Right. Your family, right? Like you're going to yeah. have six yeah. home games or, well, four home games plus a couple, you know, at least six. I don't know. You're going to play a lot of games in the state of North Carolina. And yeah. like if you're Carolina and then the other games up in Virginia, like it's that that could be interesting. But you also makes it hard for a Florida school. But the Florida schools, I don't, I don't know. I mean, this is something, at least something. All right. Something. You do a full, you get through the full rotation once every two years. So you're still playing everybody. Yeah, you, right, right. So that's it. Every Every if you stay four years, you will play on every campus in the league, right? Or you will play every team in the league. Now, this one is interesting when they get to 16 because you could do the four pods and then you could do a two round SEC playoff, which I think right. would be pretty right. Yep. right now. That that would be fun, wouldn't it? And you could you could open up the last weekend of the year of like, well, it's hard because you got rivalry weekends, but who knows where we're headed in this sport? That's so. Right now, it doesn't fit the calendar. But what if you did that? The SEC could be like, look, we'll have a four-team playoff of our, of our own. Right. Yeah. And I then mean, winning I... these things would be huge. So they've got, you've got SEC Southwest, Texas, Oklahoma, Texas A&M, and Arkansas. Makes total sense. Permanent opponents. Texas would get Georgia. Oklahoma would get South Carolina. A&M would get LSU. Arkansas, Missouri. Yeah. I'd try to maintain a lot of the rivalry games that already exist. That Oklahoma, be, South Carolina is a good one. Yeah. You know, I mean, that that's Texas and Oklahoma are the wild cards. What do you do with right. them? Where right. do you put them? You know, SEC North, Missouri, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, Tennessee. Makes sense. Oh, yeah, baby. You know, love that one. Missouri makes, would play makes Arkansas. geographic sense. Pretty weak division or weak pod. division, but Tennessee's liking it. Kentucky might be liking it. Kentucky would play Mississippi State. Tennessee would play Florida. So you keep that. The Tennessee, Alabama game would be gone, though. It would be, except they, you know, they catch each other on the rotation. But again, got to break, got to break some eggs to make some omelets. Vanderbilt, we get <laughs> Ole Miss. Miss really, the third October, third Saturday in October is gone. Be gone, Sully. You're be okay gone. with that? I'm okay. When you've be been gone. beaten down like 13 years in a row, yeah, you're happy for it. Uh, exactly. And well, it, the funny part is, I can, as a younger Vol, I consider Florida a bigger rival, but they've beaten us almost worse than Alabama. So. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> there are issues with the rivalry games. The SEC South Central. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind okay, of already for a name me. there. Yeah, need a better name. I could yeah. come up with some names for this group. LSU, <laughs> Auburn, Mississippi, Mississippi no, State. No, no, LSU, Alabama. Al I'm sorry, LSU, Alabama, uh, Mississippi, Mississippi State. My bad. LSU would obviously be playing A&M. Alabama's crossover game would be Auburn. Got to have it. Mississippi yep. would get Vandy. Mississippi State would get Kentucky. So this would maintain the annual LSU-Bama game. Yep. And obviously the Mississippi-Mississippi State game, which would be the biggest. So the Egg Bowl stays. Interesting. SEC Southeast, 
extra extra SEC. They call that <laughs> the SEC. <laughs> Auburn, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina. Auburn would have Alabama. Like we've gone through them all. That Georgia South Carolina rivalry is often pretty good. What was uh, Spurrier's old line? I like playing Georgia early in the year because some of their guys are already uh, still suspended. <laughs> Remember when Mark Rick would suspend everyone for smoking oh, yeah. weed? Yeah, 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 right. Or the school would. Yeah, and then everybody, they, they, yeah, the the meme was Mark Rick has lost control of his program. So he's yeah. just got, I remember I asked him once and he said, we don't like our guys smoking weed. We don't want his guys smoking marijuana. <laughs> well, times have changed. I don't know, <laughs> yeah. probably not in Georgia. Is, is marijuana legal in Georgia? I, I don't know, but I've, my my recent times that I've been in Atlanta suggest if it, even if it's not legal there, it's prevalent. <laughs> Walk down the street in Atlanta. Well, it's, it's happening. Well, maybe it will. I don't know. Maybe it won't. Um, anyway, this sets up to me for the for the SEC fourteen playoff. I mean, then you've got like a semifinal Saturday where you have you know, let's say Texas A and M is like whoever's the one seed. Alabama's playing Kentucky. I'm just trying to come up with last year's. Might be A and M versus Georgia or A. Yeah, Alabama would have been the one seed, so they would have gotten Kentucky. Yep, and then A and M plays Georgia, and then winner goes to Atlanta for the title game. Maybe you have home field. Uh, I mean, theoretically, yeah. So a nine-game schedule, you could skip the permanent opponent and rotate through a pod and a half each season. Got to have, got to skip the permanent, permanent opponent. Then Alabama doesn't play Auburn. See, if like in, on if you're doing this on geographic bounce, Auburn is the deal breaker. Like, you know, it has been. Yeah, right. Because they're, you know, they kind of belong farther than the East, but they've got to play Alabama every year. And, you know. What if you put Auburn in the SEC South Central with Alabama, Mississippi, Mississippi State, you moved LSU in with Kentucky, Vandy, and Missouri, and then Tennessee goes, uh, see. Yeah. Tennessee needs to play Vandy and Kentucky every year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we forget that Tennessee uh, Auburn used to be a rivalry every year before '92. So it did. If this ever got announced, I would I would encourage Craig Sankey to wear like Kevlar for like at least the first <laughs> yeah. couple of days. Oh yeah, like I there's. Mean, I mean, holy cow, the fine bomb show. <laughs> I think I think my I I honestly can't shoot any holes in my three team rotation plan. I, I I think I got everybody covered. All right, let's see. S- Sully, where's the Sully plan? I got a Sully plan. Team. All right, has Bama playing LSU? Is UT Tennessee or Texas? Okay, okay UT Tennessee and Auburn every year. Okay, makes sense. Arkansas. So this is if you only had three, and then you play the other five. Arkansas would play Texas, Missouri, and Ole Miss. Okay, I mean pretty good so far. Auburn would get Bama, Georgia, and Ole Miss. Texas will get OU, A&M, so Oklahoma, A&M, and Arkansas. Oklahoma would get Texas, Missouri, and A&M. A&M would get Texas, LSU, and Oklahoma. Good luck with that. But See, I, Yeah, what you're just going to get people screaming about competitive imbalance. Yeah, first. but that's what that's why you restack the other uh, six games. You're going to reseed and and come out with every year. So if you, if you A&M should get... Uh, South Carolina and a Vanderbilt tossed in there to help out. LSU would get Bama, Florida, and AM. Tennessee would get Bama, Florida, and Vandy. Georgia would get Auburn, Florida, and South Carolina. 
Vandy would get Tennessee, Kentucky, and South Carolina. Missouri would get Arkansas, Oklahoma, and Mississippi State. Mississippi State would get Ole Miss, Kentucky, and Missouri. I mean, it's like this is way easier for those other schools. But, hey, deal with it. Ole Miss would get State, Auburn, and Arkansas. Kentucky would get Vandy, South Carolina, and Mississippi State. Oh, they'll take that. Sully wants Kentucky to win the SEC. Good God. Well, that's why you got to – That's the scheduling part is very important here, the, the rest of the six. South yeah. Carolina would get Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and Georgia. Would you then do it like NFL style where like the better team, like, you know, like the Rams have to get the hardest schedule? Yeah, the other six are weighted from last year's final. So this is my thing with like we talk about where they break away. I did this. I was on a radio yesterday in Omaha and I'm like, I, I've said this on the pod. Like what happens when you have the NFL? It works because it's built for the bad teams to get good. Otherwise, like half these teams will just fall apart because you're never going to have right. a draft in college football. And you also they schedule like they try. The NFL does everything it can to even it out. So that every team still has hope at some a couple of years, unless you're like the Detroit Lions. But so maybe you do that. I don't know. It would give it's teams hope. Point. It would give teams hope. You know, Kentucky has so three easier say, games and then you're going to have to play some tougher opponents there for the other six. But it should Theoretically, college sports generally favors the the powerful. Yeah, we don't like it's not right. Like Al, everyone thinks SEC bends over for Alabama. Right. Yeah. No. I mean, that's oh, that's the eternal suspicion of every league that that whoever's the top team gets all the calls, gets the scheduling breaks, gets the better referees, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, yeah. I. I mean, here's the problem. Like the 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 announced. Reason for doing this is diversity of schedule. So everybody gets to play everyone else in the league. But if you then weight it by competitive balance, you're changing that. Right. You know, and well, the yeah, that's you're not going to be playing. Right. You know, I mean, Vanderbilt is. So you can't, can't do that. Can't do that. Right. So, you know what? It's just that's the way it works. I mean, and you're going to have five, at least five other games. And like you said, you've already taken the weak ones out. You're more like, like, you're gonna, they're gonna rotate through every two. What do you think? Every two years? Yeah, it's every two years. So if you stay four years, you would play everywhere. There's uh, your incentive the to thing. stay four years, kids, so you can have Vanderbilt come to town. I'm fine with giving this a try. Like that's the thing. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah. All right, Big Ten pods. Uh, Big Ten pods. Ohio. This is the East. Ohio State, Penn State, Maryland, Rutgers. With your your protected game is obviously Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State, Maryland, Wisconsin, Rutgers, Nebraska. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you take your eastern extreme and your western extreme and bring them together. The meat pie versus the grease truck. <laughs> All right, the Big Ten West: Nebraska, Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois. That is the I mean, that is some serious corn country right that there. Is- a lot of corn, a lot of a lot dairy. of ag, a lot of a lot ag, of yeah. yeah, a lot of ag. Uh, Nebraska would get Rutgers, Iowa would get Purdue, Minnesota would get Indiana, uh, Wisconsin would get Maryland, and Illinois would get Northwestern. And then finally, the Central would be Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue, Indiana, Northwestern. Michigan would get Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State, Purdue, Iowa, Indiana, Minnesota, Northwestern would get Illinois. Sully, let me see what the Sully plan is. Okay, Ohio State would play Michigan, Illinois, and Penn State every year. 
Michigan would play Ohio State, Michigan State, Purdue every year. Purdue would play Michigan State. Well, you got Purdue this year. Yeah, you got problems here, buddy. Uh oh. What do you mean? How's Spring- Michigan playing Purdue, but Purdue's not playing Michigan? Uh oh. Sully plan has sprung a leak. Sully plan is falling apart. Yeah, I put that together in five minutes. Oh, he's talking like over 30 earlier. Yeah, wait, it was 31. <laughs> I spent now way, it's five. More time, way more time on the SEC side. Come on now. That's your problem. This is not just an SEC podcast, Sean Sullivan. It's true. Just it's means true. more. But it, uh, right. All right. Sully plan is already out. Bash God. <laughs> uh, all right. This is Big hard to 12. do. This is hard. It is hard. No, then, I mean, like, there's a thousand unintended consequences and a thousand reasons some fan base will find a bitch, but, you know, uh-huh. again, got to break eggs to make omelets. There's a reason why uh, they have, like, computer scientists working on the NFL schedule. <laughs> yeah, and not us. Yeah. Right. I, I'm waiting for the year that the NFL schedule comes out and just like, oh, uh, you know, <laughs> Denver only has 15 games. Whoops. Like, <laughs> this is hey, just it. a screw-up. Oops. I do have. I had a friend uh, who worked at a paper in Louisiana, and one year the SWAC baseball tournament, like some team won the second round in the bracket, then had them eliminated, like they had nobody to play. <laughs> in the newspaper? Sometimes, no, in the, the actual bracket that the SWAC put out, the conference <laughs> put out. It's like uh, this team has this team is now eliminated after winning. Oh, that's so oh, good. It's tough in the SWAC, man. SWAC <laughs> <laughs> baseball is not easy. Yeah. <laughs> HBCU baseball, all American homecoming. Naaman Sims. There you go. That's right. Number one, Brixton University. Hope you're watching. I know you two aren't, but many others are. (laughs) I'm watching. It hooked me. Many others. Many others. We got it's college baseball, Sully. You might like it. All American homecoming. Oh yeah, I'm all about it. All about it. Yeah, I haven't started it yet, but. <laughs> I'm too busy watching real college baseball guys. <laughs> we and uh tennis. We have women's tennis too, Brixton University. All right. Brixton University women's we have two those sports. And then the football's all over out on the, the regular All American. That concludes our, you know, I'm trying to appeal to the younger audience here <laughs> that also watches these shows. YouTube stuck yeah. in the mud. We're gonna get Ross back on here. So I have a kindred spirit in my Gen Z. I'm going to bet Ross has never heard of those shows. but Well, they're very popular, by the way. Okay. Um, If you secretly watch, hit hit me up on, you know, admit it. Be bold. It's okay to not so secretly not watched. Also, tell us. Yeah. Um, uh, All right. Where were we? Big 12. Big 12. The Lone Star Division. Baylor, TCU, Houston, Texas Tech. Makes sense. Baylor would play Oklahoma State every year. TCU would play Kansas State. Houston would play Cincinnati. Texas Tech would play BYU. I'm already worried about this Bedlam dying. Yeah, I mean, look, we lose Bedlam. We lose uh, Oklahoma. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Baylor and TCU don't get to play Texas anymore. I mean, there's yeah, a lot. But uh, is Bedlam going to be dead when they go to the SEC? Yeah, I think so. It sucks. I mean, we're getting I mean, Texas and Texas A&M back, but. Right. Right, but no, that, that's the Bedlam's problem. Bedlam's a great team. game. It is. Great. Last year was you lose unbelievable. With every year, that every people year, yeah. are crazy. They go crazy for it. I know. Yeah. And it's got a great name. It just it does suck. Bedlam is a great name. One more reason to be pissed. All right, play uh, Texas Tech BYU. Uh, yeah, I Plains. Just, I, I mean, you got to BYU's got to play someone. I, mm-hmm. uh, the Plains Division: Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Kansas, Iowa State. Uh, Oklahoma State would play Baylor. 
Kansas State would play TCU, Kansas versus West Virginia, and Iowa State would play Central Florida. Ooh, that's a party game. Uh, yeah, that's a good game right there. The transcontinental <laughs> division pod. For lack of a better term. Bounce Cincinnati. House, bounce House versus Bush Light. Yeah. <laughs> the Iowa State UCF game would immediately go to one of the drunkest games of the year. It would. Uh, Cincinnati, West Virginia, Central Florida, BYU. Cincinnati would play Houston. West Virginia would play Kansas, Central Florida, Iowa State, BYU, Texas Tech. So we would get the West Virginia BYU culture class. It's, I mean, they both live in the mountains, yet they have nothing in common. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. That, I mean, you know, that's another one where like BYU is such an outlier. Like, where do you put them? So I just put them in the least, you know, the, if that conference is already made up of the ridiculous travel it is, then fine. BYU has to travel across the country for every game. Yeah. Uh, Sully didn't do a, you didn't do a Sully plan on that one. You barely could muster up a fake Big See? Ten one. See? I'm the one doing the yeoman's work. I never, I never said I did as much work as you. Okay. Finally, the Pac-12, the North. Washington, Washington State, Oregon, Oregon State. Makes sense? Washington would play Colorado. Washington State would play USC. Oregon would play Utah. And Oregon State would play UCLA. Boy, Utah, Oregon and Washington would love to switch that. Uh, yes, they would. Get into LA. But whatever. Deal with it. Golden State. Cal, Stanford, USC, and UCLA. It's not, the thing about the Pac-12 is it always made sense. Like they always. do the basketball travel partners. I mean, yeah. It's a very sensible geographic league. It really, a good sensible league. Cal would play Arizona every year. Stanford would play Arizona State. USC would play Washington State. Uh, UCLA would play Oregon State. So that Stanford-ASU rivalry would be good. Because there's a lot of kids that apply to both of those schools. <laughs> and we would maintain the Aunt Becky game. USC, no, USC, Arizona State would not be every year. No. We no, would lose that's... the Aunt Becky game where she was so intent on her daughter not going to Arizona State. She bribed USC to let her in and had to go to prison. It'd be a tragic loss. But again, something's got to go. Finally, the South, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah. Uh, and again, we've named them all Arizona, Cal, Arizona State, Stanford, Colorado, Washington, and Utah, Oregon. So there is that. This is about Not as bad. perfect as it gets. I, I, I just find it funny that you're sending the LA schools to Corvallis and the Palouse. Yeah. Well, here was my thinking on that. Yes. First of all, they deserve it because they get to be in LA all the rest of the time. But like I, my thinking was, okay, who gets to go to LA? Well, the two most downtrodden schools in the league. Washington State and Oregon State, the two that have the the biggest geographic and tradition challenges, give them the the boost at least, and let them go to Los Angeles. Yeah, makes give sense. Them that make uh, makes some sense there. Yeah, because otherwise you could send them to Cal Stanford, and then yeah, I mean yeah. All right, well, I mean I don't I don't know if those are better. I I, I think they're different, and I think in, in the time of attendance and all that to get more schools coming through. I said, like, what's a conference when, like, from 2012 to 2024, Georgia and Texas A&M played twice? Yeah, right. Like, is that a conference? Yeah, LSU and Tennessee no. haven't played. Tennessee hasn't played in Baton Rouge since I was a freshman in college. That's a long time. Yeah. See, so that like to to quote Dan Wetzel, these are the, the conference is a TV channel. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a network. That's what it is now. You know there there isn't it's not like we're we, i don't think we would be upsetting some sacrosanct thing because we already done that all right we've already we already made west virginia go to texas we already made 
uh, Missouri go to Florida. We already met, you know, I mean, we've, we've done all the breaking up of, of, of the, what made sense. So just keep breaking it. Other issues. Uh, Deion Sanders recently said he lived in the portal and signed the number one player in the country. Some people certainly think there were a lot of NIL opportunities to that, whether that was it's not a collective like Jackson State doesn't have a collective like, you know, some of the big schools, but they have other advantages. And it's certainly very, uh, I don't know, there's a chance to to to, to go NIL. Uh, he's now uh, saying the NCAA, well, you have a problem. Dion is worried about the youth of America. <laughs> the latest the latest coach worried about the youth of America. Mm, this one's interesting. When you start paying athletes like they're professionals, you get athletes acting like they're professionals. Mm. And you don't have staffs large enough and equipped to handle a young man with money. Let me go deeper. Handle a young man that's making more money than some of the coaches on the staff. Just like Dion did as a pro. I suggest you allow college teams to hire more qualified men. Qualified that can handle these young men that's getting this money. I, I don't even know what that means. More coaches? <laughs> the solution? More coaches. <laughs> that's better than take away the money because they can't handle it. I'll give him that. Everyone else yeah. is like, these guys can't handle the money, so they shouldn't have money. Because one guy can't handle it, the other 99 can't. And he doesn't have a staff like Alabama at, at Jackson State. You know? No, he so does not. He does there's not. that point. So, but again, this, yeah, this is a, a largely self-serving to a degree. But but. But the fact that like the, we're going to make this better by hiring more coaches, don't we already have a lot of coaches? And isn't the point not, not to further put, put in layers of control of the players? And that's what we're talking about here. Unbelievable. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't even get that. I don't think he thought that one through. What are they going to do? Babysit him? Yeah, he's asking for like ego police, basically. Like keep kids in check. Like, all right, you know, I know you're making more money than me, but yeah. Coach Prime is worried about ego. <laughs> <All right. Yeah. laughs> uh, Neon Dion, right? That yeah. guy. That guy. You remember his introductory press conference there at Jackson yeah. State? He, like rolled in a limousine into the gym. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I loved it. Oh yeah, he he appeared on the cover of Sports Illustrated as a player with prime time on his thing. He once took a helicopter oh, yeah. between baseball. And, okay, yeah. all right. <laughs> Never know. Never know. Got to keep these crazy athletes in check. The uh, Joe Moglia, one time uh, coach at uh, Coastal Carolina, who's a very very smart guy. He's also the former CEO of TD Ameritrade. A little little outfit there. Just a little outfit. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, he spent 16 years in coaching, then went to Merrill Lynch for 17 years, then went to TD Ameritrade for eight, then went to Nebraska as an assistant, then he turned out to be the head coach at Carolina, Coastal Carolina, uh, and uh, when they went FCS to FBS, Jamie Chadwell, the current Coastal coach, is a kind of a, men he's a mentor to him. Um, so he's got some ideas. This is, you know, interesting, right? This isn't just... I don't know, Neon, Dion, uh, Coach Prime maybe is thinking very, in, like, thinking internally. I need more more assistant coaches. But um, he says uh, you need one executive in charge of college football, not uh, too many committees and all of that. Thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, that, you know, that that has certainly been a popular talking point, and I think even more so in basketball. Uh, but I just don't think there's enough agreement and trust between the conferences to have somebody that's in charge of all of them. Good you know? idea, but who's signing off yeah. on that? Yeah. I mean, right. They don't. Right. 
I mean, we currently have three <laughs> three leagues to, to, to name themselves the Alliance in <laughs> opposition yeah. to the SEC. These are really good <laughs> ideas, but half of them are n- nobody's ever going to agree to them. But it'd be nice. Yeah, uh, here's one that's just asking to get sued. Fix the coaching contract market. This is all on the athletic. It's basically saying, uh, coaches, if you sign a five year deal, you're, you're you can't leave for another school. And because because right now, if you have a great year, someone wants you, you leave. And with the portal the way it is, all your best players come with you. The school you're leaving is decimated. You sign a five year deal. You're supposed to be there for five, and no one can poach you. Now, uh, NFL, NBA coaches can be traded. Right. So I guess there could you could do something like that. Um, I don't see how this would necessarily work. Um, no. And uh, and I the mean, big I, schools don't care if the school they're taking the player from gets decimated. Like Florida yeah. wants Billy Napier to take all the players that are that would help yeah. him from Louisiana to come to Florida. Same with uh, USC taking the guys from Oklahoma. Well, there you go. Yeah, you know. Hey, hey I mean, they they took him from the portal, Pat. They, oh, that's right. They, it was, that's right. You know, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, again, they, these are good ideas, and I certainly like the sentiment of either limiting compensation for coaches or holding them to contracts or making the buyouts even more insane. Anything that might perhaps change, I think, some of the, the transactional nature or the, 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 that goes with college football coaching. But I just don't, like you said, I just don't think they're enforceable. You know, I, I think well, that... Lawyers would shoot holes. Yeah, well, also, like, this could happen. Like, you could sign a contract with a non-compete. Many many businesses have that. So you have a non-compete clause for the length of the deal, right? Right. So Ryan Day, you are are five years at Ohio State. You can't just up and go, I'm going to take the Alabama job if Nick Saban retires, something like that, right? Right. Um, Or that would have to be worked out. So I guess that could be done at a school level, but I don't know. Um, but then, re- you know, I mean, they, like the agents own that landscape with the G, the ADs. They just, you know, they're, they're, the agents would, be, would laugh if you tried to put a no compete into a contract. At least put like contact windows, right? I, I get what he's trying to do because coaches are leaving yeah, sooner no. and sooner and sooner, right? So you can't yeah. talk to him until week 10 or no, something or like that. Some December first, sort of, right? Or December eighth after the championship game, or whatever. I I would be fully in favor of that. Nobody else would be. Because, oh, recruiting, recruiting. And then we go back to that. You know, let's again. We could change the recruiting calendar. Uh, eliminate the signing period, not just the early signing period, which I think should go. Yeah, I think the early signing period should go, and they should move the signing period to like March one, so that the coaching market is exactly. Has, has eased out uh the transfer portal has run once high school players and then have a better chance to make good decisions there's all of that um but he wants to eliminate all together other coaches have uh, have offered this the idea is this a school can make a committable offer because there's a lot of offers out there that aren't committable yeah if you're if you're wait like you know alabama waiting on arch manning but it also has a couple other quarterbacks They've made an offer to, but if they commit, well, you know. Right. So this is a committable offer. This is a contract offer. You have 48 hours to sign it. Mm. And if you do, you're committed, locked in one year at the school. Right. The school and the kids sign the document. It's done. He can't be recruited. That's it. 
To make it stable, part of the scholarship is you have to stay here a year. Those two things, 48 hours to sign and at least a one-year commitment to the school. So therefore, the schools would be very judicious about who they're putting it out for because they got 100% guarantee and the kid would have to be 100% ready to go. So there'd be a lot of like, yeah, it'd be like a marriage proposal kind of like, right? There'd be some dating <laughs> before, courtship. It would be, yes. Like, we like you, uh-huh. you know, let's take it to the next level. Well, but, you know, <laughs> put a ring on it, ah, ah, right? <laughs> yeah. Let's Let me go talk parents. to the jeweler. Let's see how much this is eh, going to cost. Right, yeah. right, right. That's kind of it. And then it'd be like, bang. Like, if you ask somebody to marry, is there a 48-hour window, though? Would you accept that? Be like, I'll get back to you in 48 hours. For, I'd be a little a nervous. Wedding proposal? Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Absolutely. No, that would be the worst 48 hours of your life. If you, I would be like, I, I mean, it's, if better you get, be a yes right away or this is really If you don't really get a work. yes right away, if you get, let me get back to you. <laughs> You're concerned, you know, that's another, you know, look, I don't necessarily love the, the, the jumbotron proposals at sporting events, but it is a good way to kind of pressure into a yes, you know? Yeah. But I think you can back out of that. You can later. You can be like, I didn't want to embarrass, (laughs) embarrass them on the jump in front of your entire fan base. (laughs) That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Um, I, this is not a bad idea. Certainly very, very interesting. And then, but I, I just feel like there'd be tons of kids that would regret their decision. Right. It would also push recruiting real early. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I mean, and that's where you get into kids that'd be like, you know, they, they get co- swept up in their first visit or their first contact order. Yeah, that's where I'm going to go. And parents are like, wait, wait, check. No, no, I'm, I've decided that's where I want to go. And you get impulsive and. Well, what if you say no go. and then no one else asks? Like, you got to be well, like a spinster the rest of your life? Like, no, I, get, <laughs> I don't get the 48 hour. Like, this is it. After 48 hours, I can't ask again. It's like a first 48 on the on the TV. Because, like, when the Memphis Police Department screw around, just drink coffee for the first 47 hours and don't ever catch anybody. But you can still charge a guy with murder once the show's over. <laughs> I like the spinster concept. Yeah, not you know. this one isn't my favorite of his. 6'4", 225 outside linebacker spinster waiting for I think a committable offer. offer where you have to sign. I just don't know about this 48 hour like it's just hard to police that like uh, uh, I guess you would have to well, put like a uh, a commitment portal almost like There a, you go. Hey, an offer portal and a commitment portal. Wow. This would be I wild. Mean, that's all we need. More portals. Why? This would be absolutely wild. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Dion thinks we need more coaches. How much more NCAA support staff it's would like we need to monitor the, the offer portal and the commitment portal? Like, yeah. Like, Lane Kiffin would have offered Arch Manning, like, in sixth grade. Blown <laughs> it early. He would have tried, like, sixth grade girlfriend. Last the day. <laughs> how, about, how about you can't enter your even be on the portal until you're like 17. Yeah, right. I mean, there would have to be, you know, be something. Ju- junior year of high school or whatever. Well, all right. And then a reorganization FBS. I don't, again, I, I continue who, who is playing. If you just take the top 65 teams, who's playing them. Right. It's just, someone's going winless. Yep. Someone who's not used to going winless is yeah. going winless. Half of you are having losing seasons. Probably. Yeah, I don't, I just, I, until they solve that one, 
I guess you could keep playing the teams that aren't in the power five, but at what point do they just sit there and go, that's not worth it for him? My favorite one of his is the most outlandish and will never, ever get passed. But I love the idea of doing a power five TV contract together because the Big Ten and the SEC are pulling away. And how, right. how do you reel them in? Like, package everybody together. Everybody's getting a piece of the pie. I mean, that's, right. that's not going to work, and the Big Ten and the SEC are going to laugh all the way to the bank, but I love that yeah, idea. But, well, I mean, that, yes, if you want to make it a more broad-based competitive sport, yeah, 20, 25 programs just getting away from everyone else. Yeah, that's your other problem with the uh, FBS only. or the, right. the Yeah. Uh, Arch Manning did do a an interview after uh, spring practice with uh, on three. Yep, uh, Georgia the rounds. I think he talked to several sites. Okay, t- t- did a bunch of interviews. All right, Georgia, Alabama, and Texas are all in. They seem to be the top three, best shape. LSU and Florida are making big pushes. Florida may get a visit. Uh, LSU wise, you've got Brian Kelly kind of bringing like an adult to the room thing. And, man, you do know that Louisiana kids love LSU. Not mentioned, Old Miss. Nope. So they seem to be out. Good try. Condolences to Lane. So last week we thought it might just only be Georgia and Texas. We'll see. But he may not make – he's promising nothing in one of them I read. Uh, like, might might go into the year, all this stuff. We will see where it goes on that. Yeah, that was it was great. That was <laughs> the quote I saw. I applauded Arch for, for being evasive. It's like – I could decide before the year. I also could decide during the year. And there's a chance that I could decide after the year. It's nice okay. to be the king. I think we've covered it. It's nice to be the king. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's going to hold a scholarship for him, at least everybody that's got a chance. Yeah, man, you wonder how long. Interesting Billy Napier is making some moves. Florida, he's going to be really interesting to watch in the next 18 months. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was a well-thought-of part of the Saban recruiting machine. You know, when he was at Alabama. So he can he he is he is an effective recruiter and, and seemed to be a very effective coach as well at uh Lafayette. That's one of those ones that Florida's not gonna get Arch Manning, but it would be a big deal in recruiting if he just like got him involved. Sure. A lot of kids yeah. are watching what Arch is doing. All right, ongoing saga time. Our favorite elementary school in America. This is an update on our favorite elementary school, Grand River Academy in Livonia, Michigan. My children did not attend there, although I, if I could do it again, I wish I attended. <laughs> uh, you may remember uh, a few weeks back, a kindergartner brought margaritas <laughs> and Dixie cups to the school for snack time. <laughs> 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 greatest snack time ever is this kid's name billy madison <laughs> <laughs> everybody had a nap time um a bottle of ready to drink jose cuervo margaritas multiple students had four or five sips here's one parent of a do- talking about her daughter she felt woozy a little dizzy yeah sure did girl poured it in her cup and she drank it the girl ended up telling her what it is she went and told the teacher there's liquor in this cup and the teacher gave her a funny face um again class of uh 30 20 34 or whatever in livonia just you would think just phenomenal <laughs> look out the, the 2034 get yourself invited to the 2034 prom or whatever this you know <laughs> right. that thing is going to be off the hook just straight fentanyl everywhere <laughs> 
They're already the kindergartners are already drinking Jose. Uh, if you thought that was what made it a favorite, it did. But then just last week, this is Fox Two at the same school. Two 11-year-olds were hospitalized if one of them brought marijuana edibles to school. <laughs> Crystal Morton contacted Fox 2 after learning her son was given a marijuana edible in the fifth grade classroom. Her, she said her son didn't know that the funny feeling he was experiencing was a high <laughs> from the THC in the edibles. He was feeling funny. That's all he kept saying. He felt funny. To know my child had has had this in the system makes me angry and devastated. I am laughing, but yeah. <laughs> and a child intentionally brought marijuana to the school and distributed it. <laughs> so at party at Party Central here, what's the name of it? Livonia Elementary School? It uh, appears to be uh, Grand River Academy. Grand River Academy. In Livonia, Michigan. Okay. So the fifth graders are like, well, I ain't letting the kindergartners have all the fun. I got some weed edibles, gummies. Get some gummies up here. Let's do this. <laughs> We're upping the dose. We what go. in the hell, man? Livonia coming strong. <laughs> Much respect. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Oh, moly. What the, like, field day down there. We need to we need to go like monitor that. See field day, what the heck field day is a better party than the Vanderbilt homecoming. <laughs> the, the, the tailgate before the field day. No one's going to be doing anything. They're all drunk and high at field day. <laughs> guys want to do a potato sack race? Nah, man, just chilling. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, can we talk to some people from the parent association? There, I got. Maybe? We got Fox Two did that. We got quotes yeah. all over the place. Here's a great one from Morton. Let's see who this person is. Mrs. Morton. They've they've got to do better at that school. It's gone downhill. You I'll think? say. <laughs> used to be a good school. I parent. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what an elementary school can do worse. Then have drunk kindergartners and high fifth grade. <laughs> like if you're the principal, you're like, yeah, but uh, our uh, our, yeah. our Iowa yeah. test scores are really good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dude. Have you seen our on. science fair work? Our Who are science these fair work is very good. Yeah, I don't this isn't as. I mean, lock up your edibles, man. Yeah. <laughs> Livonia lock police up your are, edibles. Lock up your liquor cabinet. I'm I'm afraid next might be firearms. Let's avoid that. Please. Let's definitely avoid that. That and lock those up too. If you got a gun, lock it up. Um, we're joking here on this, but I mean, I would be pretty pissed if my kid. <laughs> yeah, my kid would be transferring next year. That's for sure. Weed gummies. All right, so let's see what Livonia come. Respect for Livonia, but good boy. The Michigan governor's down there, like already trying to get her hookup for the next tailgate. Well, that's true. No, that was the, oh, the, uh, the attorney, attorney general. general. Yeah, attorney general. Attorney general. Yeah, th these are her people. They are. She's going to win the Livonia primary big, like just huge. Ninety <laughs> percent. It's like in a Saddam Hussein election down there. <laughs> Carrying Livonia with a ninety-nine percent to one is Michigan Attorney General. Yeah, last seen tailgating with the kindergarten class. <laughs> She's gonna go to the Pop Warner game for the Grand River or whatever. All right, and then uh, finally, this story is killing me. This is just great. Well, it's been killing other people too. 
So we know we have a a uh, a drought in the in in the West. We do yeah. bad drought. Uh, not a laughing matter. Of course, we just laughed at a bunch of kids getting sick because they're high. So what don't we laugh at? Uh, Lake Mead yeah. is uh, way down in uh, in its water level, so far down that old mob barrels are coming up. What? Yeah, this is the Lake Mead is near Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Barrels are starting to appear on the floor. It's now like beach. It used to be the floor of the of Lake Mead. So no one saw it. Now the water, they, they're peering and they're they're checking the barrels and there are bodies in there. Oh, my God. The skeletal remains found in a barrel at Lake Mead earlier this month have been have uh, captivated and horrified two distinct groups that typically do not have much in common. Mob historians and climate scientists. <laughs> Paddleboard, a uh, week after one identified body was found in a barrel, paddleboarders found another set of skeletal remains at Lake Mead. Authorities are not surprised that more bodies are seeing the light of day. The barrel found portends calamity on the horizon for the climate, but also tells the story of Las Vegas. Homicide investigators believe the victim was shot to death and placed in the barrel 40 to 45 years ago based on the shoes found in the barrel. They were popular shoes 40 years ago. Holy moly. Some old wingtips or something? I was going to say oh. black and white wingtips. I mean, what, what are we talking about here? The late 70s and early 80s was sort of the start of the end of the really of the mobs in Las Vegas. This is Casino. The movie yeah. is coming true. There's oh, lots yeah. of holes in the desert, right? Isn't that what uh, Joe right. Pesci says? So these guys got buried in the thing, and then all of a sudden there's a drought, and now they're back. <laughs> <laughs> the mob never counted on a drought. Remember in... Uh, Goodfellas, they had to go and re-dig up the body because they were going to yeah. develop the farm or something. Mm-hmm. It's like that. It's, uh, the final line is, is great. I'm more worried about the leg drying up than finding human remains, said the scientist. <laughs> well, I, I I side with them, actually. There isn't much you can do to save the, the remains. Yeah, they've been dead They're for dead. 40 years. And they, yeah. probably des- they probably deserved it, right? <laughs> well, depends. Uh, you know, what, what does that mean in mob, mob justice? Mob hit, right? I mean, yeah. no one's in it. No one's really innocent. They weren't paying. They weren't. They weren't killing taxpayers. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Unbelievable, though. Yeah. Uh, oh, the screenwriters need to descend on Lake Mead and start working on Goodfellas Two and Goodfellas Two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So yeah, bodies are showing up. So if you want to go um, uh, paddleboard around Lake Mead. <laughs> Be Keep careful your what eyes you peeled. bump into. Yeah. Keep your eyes peeled. <laughs> uh, All right. That's uh, that's enough for this week. Um, we'll be back next week with more college football news and notes. All the interesting things. Continue to subscribe. Thanks for listening. We will talk to you later.